Hi everyone and welcome to Take 10 for a Turn number 746. I hope you all are well. Any questions, comments, suggestions, recommendations, or sponsorships, please email me at rabbiismach at take10fortorah.org. Today is Yom Hatzmut. With that in mind, I wanted to discuss uh, some elements of Medina Yisrael, the, the love and the Torah for the notion of Eretz Yisrael perhaps will inspire us towards uh, greater appreciation. Of course, there's so much to look forward to and to look at in Eretz Yisrael and the land of Israel to be proud of. But of course, it's a religious ideal and a very, very important one, one that we'll see in a moment permeates the entire Torah. And I'd like to specifically quote from a letter uh, from Rav Meir Simcha of Devinsk, otherwise known as the Meshachachma, the Ur Sameach. He wrote a bunch of different very uh, important commentaries and books, considered uh, one of the great Torah giants even of the last century. He passed away in... uh, uh, I believe 1925 or 1926, actually, he was born in 1843, lived in Eastern Europe. So he's the one who's famous for saying, and when it came to Bichu Kosai and the curses that uh, are offered, he, he, he said that it's a, one of the great threats we have is calling Berlin Jerusalem. Right, So that's a very famous quote, and of course we know what happened there uh, in Berlin. But that's a well-known quote of him, he, he, uh, of his. He, he was very focused on on Aliyah, on going to Israel. He supported the fledgling community there very much to the extent that he could. He was offered positions in Rabbanus. It's my understanding he was offered positions in Rabbanus that he would have taken if not for the fact that the people in Dvinsk in Lithuania uh, so desperately wanted him to stay. There's uh, actually one quote uh, from, obviously translated, that says after um, after he was given or proposed a job as position of uh, rabbi of Jerusalem, chief rabbi perhaps, I'm not sure, but they wrote to him, we of the Russian Gola uh, in the city of Dvinsk rise up in response to the report that the sons of Jerusalem wish to take away our master, our teacher. Not only will they destroy us, but the entire Gola for whom he is the teacher and the respondent for all who seek the word of God. And so, you know, that's why he stayed with a letter like that. Of course, you can understand how somebody would be compelled to stay. But I, I just want to share with you this sentiment, right? So this is the sentiment. You know, there's a big debate about Zionism, not Zionism. And particularly in the beginning of the 20th century, there was this debate that uh, that uh, flared. But I just want to read one letter to whether or not we're into the politics, not into the politics. Uh, you know, and wise people always understood what's what when it came to Torah and mitzvahs. Let's see what he has to say. So this letter, not 100% sure who it is written to, but I think it has what to do uh, with support of Eretz Yisrael. I guess it was a fundraising letter to people, maybe in his community, who were asked to send money to Israel. So he says, From the time that Avraham recognized God, He was entirely tied up with the idea of inheriting the land of Israel. The first thing he did is, He went its length and its width, and he planted something in the land. And finally, Yitzchak, after him, he planted in it, he dug wells, Yaakov built a house. All of the Avos were focused on making the land into theirs. And their whole hope was that they could live in Eretz Yisrael. And from the giving of the Torah, from the day of the giving of the Torah, from the time we got the Torah, there's really no stoppage 
to the encouragement for us to be, to move, to settle, to be centered in Israel. He makes a very interesting statement, so much so in the Sefer called Otsaros HaMusar, he, he tries to justify the statement. He says, there is not a single parsha in the entire Torah, Shalon is Keres Bo Eretz Yisrael, that Eretz Yisrael is not mentioned. Now obviously it's going to be harder in the beginning ones. Uh, why would Eretz Yisrael be mentioned? Where would it be mentioned? Who would it be mentioned by? And is it really true in every single parsha? But he makes that claim, that in every single parsha, there's what to talk about. There's actually a, uh, a book that was published not, not so many years ago about Torah Eretz Yisrael, specifically references in Divrei Torah in the parsha, specifically with the reference to Eretz Yisrael in every single parsha, maybe based on the statement, but every single parsha, he says, is infused with Eretz Yisrael. He says, and even the mitzvahs that we have to do with our body, we do, we do based on when we go into land and when we come, and we talked about this some, uh, maybe a year ago, months ago, about how, according to some, the proper fulfillment of mitzvahs is really and truly only in Eretz Yisrael. Okay, and even a mitzvah, which is you know pretty universal, something like honoring parents, he says that still. What's the reason? So that your land, your, your the land, uh, or I should say your days, are extended in the land of Israel. The whole entire goal is for you to be there. Some mitzvahs are contingent on that, but even the ones that you would not think are contingent, the reward and the benefit of doing those mitzvahs, he says, is an extended stay in the land of Israel. Listen to this. He continues, he says, God considered the kavod of Eretz Israel even more important than his own, so to speak. What do you mean? He says, because when we did the Egel Hazav, we rejected God and we went in favor of this golden calf. After they returned, after they did Shuva, okay, we moved on. But, listen to what he says. He says, um, but by and that's the pasuk. He, he he took it back. It was okay. Asher di He wasn't going to destroy them anymore. But But when the miraglim go and they talk trash about the land of Israel, and they acted and behaved and spoke in a disgusting way about the land, the beloved land of Israel. He swore, he said, no, you're going to sit and you're going to schlep over here and for 40 years. This was unforgivable. And so we were punished in a way where we had to undergo the punishment and there was no walking that back. When it came to, so to speak, God's kavod at the Egel Hazav, so to speak, he moved on. When it came to the kavod of Eretz Yisrael, there was no way to move on from that. And that, that generation had to suffer from that generation was ultimately not going to be allowed to come in. It's a fascinating statement he makes, you know, how, how sometimes we care, or God cares more about the thing than about himself, so to speak. And then he goes on. And once Zion and Jerusalem become a, become a thing, he says, David and Yeshaya and Yirmiyah in all of their writings, in all of their expressions, which were uniquely theirs, each one to their own, they did not stop to go overboard in regard to the mitzvah of settling in the land of Israel, and to speak of the great, uh, the great power of uh, what it meant to be in Yerushalayim, to speak of Yerushalayim, the holy city. Okay, and he goes, he goes on to quote some more psukim, and he says, so much so, 
that even after the Nevi'im are done, and they say their piece, and they talk about Yerushalayim, they established as a rule for all of the Jewish people, to pray three times a day, and of course, what do we pray? We pray about Yerushalayim, we pray for the restoration of Yerushalayim, and of course, most importantly perhaps, we pray towards Yerushalayim. That's always the focus of attention, and literally the focus of our gaze when we attempt to encounter the divine. We are pointed and conceptually and intellectually towards that place. He says at the end, He says, you know, it's not so simple, of course, to... uh, to, uh, to do it just because we do these things and we focus, that doesn't mean we're exempt from going and, of course, living in Israel itself to settle there because those, he says, who have it within their power should do it. May this merit save everybody else, wherever they are, from any sort of evil. And he says, everybody hopefully should merit from the fact that there are those who make that step and go to Israel. And so he reiterates this idea that it starts with Avraham. Everybody's entirely focused. The Torah isn't focused in its mitzvahs. Uh, the mitzvahs themselves speak of Eretz Israel. maybe the best performances in Eretz Israel contingent upon Eretz Israel, and even the mitzvahs that have nothing to do with Eretz Israel, like Kibbutz Aveim, those mitzvahs ha- are, are re- with a reward for them is put in the context of being longer in Eretz Israel. The tefillos that are set up are created in a way that we never forget Eretz Israel. We talk about Eretz Israel. we talk about the rebuilding of, of Israel, the rebuilding of Yerushalayim, and of course, we are literally focused and facing that direction when we pray. And he says, those, and he adds this idea, that those who move up hopefully will bring merit for those who are outside. We say that every single Shabbat in the Avinu Shabbat Shemayim, right? We say, We want all of those who are all over the world to be remembered, to be blessed. Right? Depending on where you live, you say, they should be included, they should be brought in. The hope of those in Israel, and hopefully the hope of those out, outside Israel, is always to have a trajectory towards the Holy Land. And on this 70th year, we hope that our appreciation and our love for the land will bring us ever closer. Amen.